Let's say five minutes. Your question. What are we persevering? Who can... Come, let's see. It's, it's a tricky question because it's easy to think I've got to persevere. But we've now learned that we don't want to apply the scriptures primarily first to our own little individual things. We want to first apply it to our faith walk and the kingdom, aspects of the kingdom. And then secondarily, obviously we're going to persevere in our things. Think about separation. Okay. The, the effect personally on you when you started to understand separation, experience separation, you had to go through separation. Okay, so how much of an effect did separation have on your life? But that was perseverance. So literally, the, over the last, how long have you been with us? Three years. That's perseverance. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you, the fact that you are still here. Can't do think of it. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people couldn't persevere. Having a relationship with Mia in any way is going to be perseverance. <laughs> in the first year, uh, Charlene kept saying to me, they're going to chop your head off one day. They're going to throw you in jail. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's that, that thing that happens. It's almost like undefined. Where it seems like this wall of resistance will come against us. When we start, try, when we begin to to walk the road of righteousness, the moment we decide to not um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when people agree to do the wrong thing, compromise. 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 <laughs> the moment we decide not to compromise. And we start applying, really, in our faith walk. I mean, most of us, there's a, there's a, there's, for those that are walking righteously, that are, most of us didn't do it from the beginning. We wanted to, but because of religion, we didn't. And then we, de- then we decide to start obeying the Word of God, seeking His ways, walking righteously. And that's the moment that it seems that like this wave of resistance will come against us. And that's when true perseverance starts. Now, that's the thing with perseverance is that a peop- religious people can persevere for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And that's the problem. Is that it, can feel like, it can feel like being um, uh, faithful. And yet the person can, can continue doing things because... That's what you're doing, and yet it's not necessarily what God called you to do, or what the Bible instructed us to do. And there can be a form of perseverance, but yeah. So that's one one aspect of perseverance. Um, and then, if you, we're going to look at virtue again this evening, and in that, I think that will clarify a lot of the perseverance, um, because a lot of Think about how much perseverance it takes when we are convinced or convicted or taught about something that's virtuous, right, good. 
so before we go to our actual discussion, I think this is something we could quickly just throw in there. It's people will persevere if the reward makes it worth it. We have to understand that there's a perseverance that comes from reward. There's vision that can come from reward. There's dedication that can come from reward. Um, and it's very important to understand that aspect of it. Um, most people live that way. So, uh, the reward is self-determined or we, we, we decide on one uh, channel, sinful channel that we're going to be pulled into. So, there's a season, put away your phone. There's a season, okay, there's a season where we will be called by God into all the godly processes. But there's a similar shadow side of it, a mirror image in the world. Now, if we don't say yes to God, we will have to choose to stay awake, to stay active. We will have to choose one of these sin roads. So we'll choose covetousness. We'll choose selfishness. We'll choose something ego. So a person will pursue fame. Good works. So one of those, one of those sin roads has to be chosen. And a person will persevere on those roads. It will look like vision, motivation. And a lot of people are respected for how they pursued their vision. Um, Saul Kirsner. Um, there's many people that got famous for persevering and becoming successful. But you will find it will always have to be singular-minded, uh, singular singular-vision. They can only... A human being without God can only really persevere in one direction. Um, the, that's always true. And it's about the reward. It's about self. Self has to be rewarded and that's the motivation. Okay, so we've got to di differentiate uh, between that kind of perseverance and perseverance that comes from virtue. And we're going to look at the connection between that as well. Okay. So before we go, uh, we're going to. We, re, I'm responding to your questions that you asked. Got a sense in the beginning. You, mm. mor you said moral Correct. correctness. I have an idea of moral excellency. But that's exactly how it's defined in Webster's and yeah. so forth. So we're going to have a look at that just now to answer your your question, and I thought it is actually beneficial for everybody. Okay, we'll go. First, we're going to have a recap on our agreements regarding protocol and how we interact with each other, the basis of fellowship. Um, so, now for those that have come through the church world, there's a. We don't want to confuse what we're discussing tonight with the culture. In the church world, there's a culture in the church world that you have to agree with whatever their doctrine and their convictions are. 
whether it is biblical, biblically accurate or not, you still have to agree to it. And if you don't, then they're going to turn a cold shoulder to you. There will be uh, a form of indirect discipline, usually, that takes place first. So firstly, um, uh, th- there's a culture where if, if they, they sense that you're not agree- in agreement, you're know, not doing things the way they like you to do it, with other words, there's a culture, there's a way, and there's an agreement. And if you don't do it that way, then firstly, they're going to not invite you to some of the things. They're not going to uh, allow you certain positions. You'll be excluded in some way, and there'll be a coldness of, um, of, of a cold shoulder. And this is what a lot of people experience. Now, we are going to discuss something that and I'm, I'm hoping this is a correction to that way. So what we, the way we've corrected it here is we put everything on the level. We put it out there. We talk about it. We're honest about it. We're honest about what is expected and the consequences. So there's no cold shoulder. We have a principle that if somebody goes into self, we have agreed that if you are approached by someone or you are finding yourself in the company of someone, and the person is acting selfishly, then we have agreed, then you turn around and you walk away from the person. This is our way of helping each other realize that we will not accommodate selfish behavior. Why have we put this in place? So instead of the cold shoulder, the kind of we're going to just uh, subtly let you know we don't like what you're doing, we're just going to let you know your actions are unacceptable. That's it. And if, that, if the person doesn't repent, then we're just going to come and tell you your actions are not acceptable. And why? Uh, the reason for us being able and willing to do that is because we have agreement, and we reestablish the agreements, and we all agree on it. So there's not a leadership uh, body somewhere that, that decides on what's being done. We all sit together and we decide that. And we decide that according to a biblical instruction and guidelines. Um, and the reason for this is because we believe and we have agreed that the way we worship God on earth is by serving the body, loving the body, and doing everything we do for the sake of the body to grow, be edified, and to be perfected. And so any behavior that is going to harm the body, harm unity in the body, harm the growth and of the body, the rest of the body, the peace of the body, the joy of the body, the well-being of the body, any behavior like that would not be acceptable. And this is the basis on which we do it. The motivation mostly for churches uh, having the same kind of thing, which is not always in the right way, is that they're protecting what they have built, and that's church. We're not building church. Our our love is for the body. Our agreements are for the sake of fellowship. Okay. So we're going to discuss, quickly run through this. And please remember, this is so that as a body we stay safe. And relationships are always based on agreement. Um, Relationships that are based on loose agreements are bound never to not last. They will shipwreck. It's guaranteed. So agreement is actually what uh, love is not what, agree- what relationships are based on. Sounds wrong, doesn't it? 
you will notice that in the Peter equation, love comes last in on the list. Okay. So all the other principles will lead us to a place where we can love each other. And agreement is basically the first step. So, so you visited here one day. First you checked out our website and visited here. And then it took quite a while for you to agree that you actually wanted to be part of the fellowship. In the meantime, you fellowshiped with us. But there had to become a time when you agreed that I want to walk a road with you guys and be in full agreement. Now, we don't have a form that... So you can't sign a form to join us because the Bible forbids oaths. So you can't sign a form because that would be in transgression of the Word of God. So it says, let your yes be your yes and your no, your no. And this is where the basis of agreement comes from. So we didn't ask you to say yes day number one. There was a time when we said, if you want to partake in all the privileges of the fellowship, then you have to decide, is it a yes or a no? And you see, then that's what it's based on. Yes to what? Exactly. And it's good for all of us to recheck because uh, then we can realign yeah. if in some way uh, we, we, we disaligned, we can realign. And the reason why we, have, we do this periodically is because in the beginning it was up to me to formulate what the agreement would be. But over time you have matured your knowledge of the Word of God and understanding has increased. And now we have to recheck that that which I have formulated for us to agree on is still agreeable for you. Because maybe we can adjust it to be better aligned with the Word. Um, so, first step was we went through it together as the two leading the group primarily. So, prophetically, our job is to see the road and, and lead everybody down the road. So we first had to come in agreement on that level. Now we again open it to everybody so that we all come into agreement. The risk factor here is this, that after we have done this, and this evening, that if anybody then acts in a way that is uh, in contravention of the agreement, then everybody else is going to uh, not act favorably towards that person. Do you see? So it forces everybody to be focused. Remember the dead cockroach teaching. Yes. Okay. This forces everybody to be aware of not stepping on the dead cockroach. Because then you'll be unclean, or considered unclean by the rest. Okay. Um, it's, it's not always comfortable conforming. But we're all conforming to Him. Nobody's conforming to me or to the ministry or to the sect. Okay? <laughs> we're just conforming to Him. That's the quest. And if we all conform to Him, then we keep each other in check. Okay, understood. Right. Um, okay, so... Not first, we didn't necessarily do this in a specific order, but one of the things that is important to just 
agree, re-agree on and establish is that um, whenever anyone has a question regarding the Bible or teachings or explanations or any kind of feedback or even disagreements or confusion or anything that we didn't understand uh, regarding either teachings that were done or anything that was read in the Bible. Um, even in your own... Even in your own study. personal Bible yeah. study time. So anything pertaining to doctrine, eternal truth, anything like that. Thursday evenings have been set up in a way that this is the place where all, any and all of those questions and issues can be discussed. Because if it's about any kind of form of doctrine or truth or misunderstanding or anything, um, then obviously the entire body can benefit from the question being asked or posed. So that doesn't need um, personal time from either both of us or Monet uh, to answer one question for one person if the entire fellowship can benefit from it. Um, so, what did he write? Oh, okay. So, obviously, then also, because in that case, especially if doctrine is going to be established or explained, then it's good that, uh, you know, we will facilitate the answers or direction. But in that case, it's always good if something is presented to the entire fellowship, because then all together we can decide if it's according to truth, if it's truthful, if everyone can accept it. Because if, if doctrine is going to be explained, then it should be done towards the entire fellowship so everyone can weigh it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So um, any kind of feedback as well? Sometimes, so sometimes we get feedback from a Sunday or even a Thursday that says it was really nice. Uh, I learned this and this and this, or it's opened up this and this for me, or I've had incredible revelation and breakthrough, thank you. That's fine. We love that kind of feedback because it tells us we're on the right track. The Holy Spirit is moving. We are moving with what He's trying to do. But that doesn't necessarily always warrant um, a response from our side. So please take note, if there is feedback... Um, we, we don't always have the time to respond to every piece of feedback. Um, so, so, so feedback or messages that don't necessarily warrant a response won't necessarily receive a response. If it does deserve a response, then it's probably something that could have been discussed on a Thursday evening. Or if it's something personal, then it would warrant an appointment, which brings us to point number two, appointments. Okay, just, just on that. Okay. Feedback. Before we go to appointments. Sorry. <laughs> feedback. Um, we're talking about feedback that will take five minutes and less to read. That's welcome. Okay, but obviously um, uh, long, long feedbacks that goes to a Thursday evening. Okay. So, so always think if I'm gonna, if it's gonna take me half an hour to go through all the scriptures, then you should have made an appointment for that because that's half an hour. Makes sense, right? Okay. So just sometimes to put that also, out there. and I mean, this isn't necessarily this isn't a case of right or wrong, but um, if say you have revelation in a Sunday teaching, and you go back and you do your personal Bible study during the week 
on the Sunday, which is perfect, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm. But then you have further revelation, or it opens up more. It's not n necessarily needed to send all of your personal Bible study revelation to us, um, because the Spirit is obviously going to further minister within that. If you feel by led by the Spirit that this has value and this is something that you'd like to share with the fellowship because it's brought you such breakthrough or you know greater understanding and you feel that the fellowship could benefit, then again, that's something that you could bring to a Thursday evening. Okay, so this isn't, yeah. again, this isn't to go like we don't want to hear from you, we do. So we want to distinguish between what falls in the category of that which every me member of the body um, supplies. So sometimes feedback and so on, I receive and then I go like, please share this with the group. And that's shorter, but if it's, if it's longer, then rather just bring it to the group. So I've got valuable feedback mm -hmm. or I'd like to check uh, some of what I understood. Um, I'm not, just as an example, uh, Leon and I was just in passing by having a chat. And he shared with me something that opened up uh, for him and that was valuable for him. Now that's welcome. I'm not talking about that. Mm. Um, at times, do you understand? So it's just discerning. Uh, when there's a question connected to it and a response that's going to cause me to have to go pray about something, check scripture, then immediately that falls in the category of bring it to a Thursday so everybody can benefit and so that everybody has the opportunity to weigh things up and to contribute. That would be good. Okay. Good? Okay. Yes. When you say bring it to a Thursday, you mean before Thursday? All you do is, all you do is, you send me a message, say, I have a question, a query, a disagreement, uh, scriptures that I want to check, whatever. You don't whatever. Have to say what it is. And you say, so please, is there still time for me to bring it on Thursday? Then I will know. Two people have already asked, we'll probably, we probably won't have enough time. And then I know to make time the next Thursday. But it won't help sending all the information through to me. Because then I still have to go through all the scriptures, pray about it. It's easier if we just handle it here. In this way, nothing is hidden, everything is on the table. If we made a mistake or there's disagreement from somebody then the disagreement is brought to the group. This forces, also this forces every person to immediately go and be careful. We have had this happen before. Remember the incident when a lady disagreed with something that someone else in the fellowship did on a Sunday? And um, I said, bring it to the group. And the group on the meeting said, well, we felt that the lady's actions were by the Holy Spirit. She got so upset that the people didn't agree with her that she left. Now, the reason we do this in an open forum is then she can't she the person didn't get upset about my decision. She got upset about the fellowship's agreement. So now, if she goes out there and tells people that I was wrong and I'm not, I'm not biblical, it's not true, then she must go tell people that 20 or 30 other people thought I was wrong, but I still think I'm right. See why we do it like that. Okay, so we continue with that platform. 
it's safe. It means that we all take responsibility. The Bible says about judging things, get the least of the fellowship to judge the matter. Least in the kingdom can judge the matter. So we're going to do, that, do it like that. Okay. Um, so that means that you don't have to send me all the information. You just come and put it on the table and we'll deal with a disagreement. Everybody, I don't have to know what it is beforehand. You just bring it and everybody is privy to everything. Everybody knows what the complaint is and there's the complaint and we deal with it. So nothing can be hidden, nothing can be handled in secret, everything is in the open. Then you bring it to the group. You bring it to the group. <laughs> um, if, you, if, if anybody's going to bring the thing that they think I'm arrogant, we've dealt with that, please. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, so, so I think everybody understands about that. So rather just bring it in the open and we'll deal with it. Okay. Why do you have something? Because we'll have to do it next Thursday. This Thursday is full. <laughs> okay. We need a long weekend for that. And then again, the, the, just to add to that, so we all understand how it works. This is very important that we understand how it works. This means that if we have a question, we have to go check. Has this been, the topic been dealt with? Have, has the question been answered before? Because obviously if you're going to bring a question to the whole fellowship and you ask the question and the entire fellowship goes, well, we all know the answer because we've answered this before. Then, So something to weigh would be, if I ask this question, am I going to be wasting the entire fellowship's time? Because it's been dealt with. Or, or will it be to their benefit? Because it's one thing to send Monet a question and go like, well, he has time because he lives to do this, so I can send him my question, he can deal with it. But if I bring it to fellowship, then, and there, there is only two hours, is this going to benefit everyone or am I going to take time because for, for whatever It forces reason? everybody to check scripture, mm-hmm. may be careful. Now, this is not, not, not aimed at any specific person. Please hear me. It has happened so many times that I can't even count it that people send me something and then a day or two days later go like, I'm sorry, I actually remembered what you said before. I checked this and I got my answer. Thank you. But when I received the answer, I already went and I checked all the scriptures that pertains to the issue. So I already put an hour's work into the question. And then, a day later, I go like, never mind. Um, you know, I had some time to think about it again. And uh, So, this is going to force everybody to be too, a bit more careful before we ask the question. Go check the sources. If you vaguely remember we dealt with it in the teaching, go check the teaching again. If we explained the thing before, and I'm just reiterating, this is not aimed at anybody in particular. Okay? It happens all the time. And it's not that anybody did something wrong. It's just maybe we didn't act carefully, circumspectly in that moment. Um, and I probably moved something else aside because it sounded really serious and urgent. Okay, we get it. So it's for, for the sake of just using time carefully. Okay. Next thing was, did we deal with that thoroughly? thoroughly? Everybody understand? Okay.
Does everybody agree to those agreements? Okay. So that's Thursday evenings. And usually it turns out to be very interesting anyways. Agreed. Appointments. You do this. But. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's all you. It's, a, it's, a, it's turned out to be quite a sensitive area. We implemented the um, appointment application form. Appointment form. And on the form, we put a lot of thought. Please, again, this is not directed at anybody in particular, just the few people that's here. Okay. <laughs> okay. You guys know, know I love you. Okay, you know that. And often enough, um, Nadia says to me, you're too soft. You're such a pushover. She says to me, you're such a pushover. Okay, and I am a pusher because I love you guys, okay, and, I, and there's a balance between me being a father that loves all, everybody equally, and loves everybody passionately, and I still have to lead us in wisdom, and sometimes we all, everybody that's seen a good father also knows that they do the wrong things for the right reasons sometimes, okay. Um, now, when it comes to this, there's a lot of purpose behind that form, and a part of the a form that has to be filled out is uh, an opportunity for the person to check with themselves. Do I, have, do I feel a need to speak to leadership, to have counsel, to speak to my spiritual father because I have a need? And then when you check, you see that I want to speak to them about the same thing again that we have discussed. And then if you for the rest of the form, you'll see that it asks that you implement everything that we talked about last time. And then it's going to stop most people right there, and they're going to go like, well, I haven't implemented anything. Just, just to add, because it says, in case of follow-up appointment, and what I found is that most people leave that section blank, <laughs> because they feel that every time they come, it's a new issue, when it's not necessarily... A new issue is just a new involvement of the same issue. So people tend to go like, oh, it's, it's something new. So I can just leave the last few questions open. When, yeah. Okay, so again, no judgment, no condemnation. It's just good for you. Okay, it's just good for growing. It's good for maturing. Because... Um, there's only so much advice and insight we can give on the same matter. And eventually we're going to get at a point where you come and talk to us and we're sitting there and we're going like, I've got nothing new. Okay, I know you want something new, but there's nothing. I've, we've given you what we've got. My wisdom has run out. And that's not nice. <laughs> it's not pleasant for me to go like, man, God, give me a new answer. And he's going, the answer is the same as last time. And so we don't want that. So the, the application form is for that purpose. It's, have I been diligent? Have I applied myself to um, persevering in the solution? Um, have I applied the scriptural advice that I've gotten? All of that. And, um, 
and this is not because we don't want to spend time with you guys. It's just f we shouldn't be developing new issues really anymore. It's very rare for any of us to develop a new issue. Um, so most of the times when we have to deal with something, it's something that goes back to an old route that has been addressed. We just, let's be honest, a lot of times it was disobedience that got us back into a situation. Or we forgot. Let's be honest, we just forgot. It's not that we did anything wrong, we just forgot. Okay? And that's okay. But then the form will remind you. Um, <laughs> quickly. So Again, just, to, just at this stage, maybe just when the form isn't to put anyone off. To go like filling in the form and then go then brainwashing them and thinking, oh, I shouldn't have an appointment. It's not, it's not no. supposed to serve as that. It's just so that the appointment is actually as valuable as it could yeah. be. That's all it is. So, uh, can I add yeah. something that you said, Wanda, is you, the, the, the goal is to teach us to be able to speak to the Holy Spirit and not to speak to you. Very good. So you are the... Very good. So th probably the moment that you have, it's, it's very good. Because the moment we have that, that sense, I want to go speak to them, then the first thing should be, why? And then the Holy Spirit immediately will start to minister. And it's better to hear Him. It's better to remember the wisdom that He has given you and is giving you. The Holy Spirit doesn't mind repeating Himself. Have you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's used to it. Okay? So, um, he's very good at it, actually. I think he's got a recording of everything he's told you, and he just presses the button. And he goes like, just play the message again. That's one of the early things we did in discipleship. Stop talking and listen. And um, we actually... Most people complained after a while that they've now stopped praying because now they don't know how to pray. That's a good sign. Because most people don't pray. They're just processing with themselves. And they put, they put the name of the Lord in the beginning and amen in the end. And then they process. So, so we've gone through that process. Everybody remember that? I hope it's still valid. Where people actually would come back and say, you've ruined my prayer life. Now I can't pray anymore. And it's a good thing. All the bad habits. And so, the best kind of prayer is prayer where you listen. You wait. Or you're worshipping. Or you're busy thanking Him for something. Um, but if you have to discuss your problems with Him, you're doing something wrong. It's very a quick mention. It's, Lord, you know about this thing. I'm waiting for the answer. Now I'm going to worship you. That's a better prayer. But a long discussion, you know, we've spoken about it. Just a recap. Through my years in church, I learned one thing. People want to pray and ask God for us to intervene in a situation. Then they're going to tell Him exactly what He's supposed to do as well. They'll tell Him, Lord, fix my arm. Because the doctor said this ligament needs to grow to that part, and then this needs to happen. And I've, I've actually Googled, and the solution is, that's how people pray. They tell God exactly how to do the miracle. So we don't want to stop that. Okay, now. The, so coming back to the form. Whenever you feel the inclination, rather go take the form, print it out, do it as an exercise. 
And you're probably going to start remembering some of the, what the Holy Spirit has taught you, uh, some of the scripture that pertains to your situation. You're probably going to remember some of the conversations we've had, and you're going to go like, I haven't implemented this thing yet. So then you can first go and implement it. You can send me a thank you note, going like, thanks for the counseling, I really benefited from it. And I'll go like, it's a pleasure, I haven't seen you for two months, but I'm glad I could be of service. Okay, so we'll do it like that. So here's the rule though. Here's the not so pleasant part. Okay, so from tonight. Okay, from this moment on, word. No one will receive a reply from us on the private message requesting an appointment. We will not reply. We won't say yes, we won't say no. We will only respond to a filled out form. And here's the other part. We will only reply to a form that has been completely filled out. Same as a visa application. Can I have Vietnam then? Yes. That's it. Wait. <laughs> We're not going to say what part you didn't fill in. We're just going to give it back. You figure it out. Okay. So is this fair enough? Anybody feel uncomfortable with this? <laughs> See, side note to it is because um, obviously the, it feels like I'm sure it feels like <laughs> open a little door. <laughs> everybody, everybody found out where that little door is. <laughs> yeah, side note. Um, what did I want to say? No, it's fine. Oh, um, the thing is. Obviously, it feels like it's going to take a lot of time and effort to go and fill out the form and do the praying and the finding of the scriptures and listing them down. But, I mean, if, if it wasn't worth the effort of filling out the form, if your, isn't, if your issue or the thing that you wanted to discuss wasn't worth the effort and the time to put in, in doing the work diligently in pre preparation, then it probably probably wasn't that big of an issue really makes sense so again there's purpose so, just think about it um, if it's worth having driving all the way from wherever you are to come here then it's probably worth the time just to fill it out because it's going to make our jobs easier we know exactly what to prepare for what to pray for um, look, I'm good on the spot. It's not an issue. It's just better if there's... Okay. Um, where, if this thought ever again, it shouldn't occur, but if it ever occurred to you that I cannot carry on like this for another day, I cannot make it through another day. Okay, over years of counseling, this has always amused me. People would like literally send me a message, especially those years, two o'clock in the morning. I could not carry on for another minute. I cannot live. And I'm like, if I didn't answer you, I wonder what you would do. And if I didn't, they would get back tomorrow morning, eight o'clock. I can't make it for another minute. And I'm like, you made it through the night. You're fine. <laughs> but okay, so just, just think about it, okay? If we just took a minute and assessed what answers do we have, what solutions do we have? What understanding do we have? Then immediately the urgency 
of that moment of desperation is going to dissipate. And you will probably find that you have wisdom and strength and understanding that you've had all along. Okay? Right? Okay. So, I think we've labored it. Did we make it very clear? Oh, this is the one. <laughs> this is her one. Okay, on record. On record. Phone calls that is going to last longer than five minutes um, should be <laughs> considered to be an appointment, same as an appointment. Okay, so now. One of those little doors that the people found is loopholes is so don't make the appointment, just phone and then speak for an hour. Okay, so the problem is that's unexpected. So, so like, hi, how are you? Oh, my life is falling apart, and then two hours later, we're still on the phone. <laughs> the problem is she's sitting waiting for me to finish the phone call so we can carry and on. No with one knows whatever. how long it's going to carry on because it wasn't an official appointment. So, so life is life, but we are maturing and we're getting better at things. So, okay, so note. Phone calls, five minutes and shorter. And then I'm going to reserve the right if I realize this is a serious matter to say I'm hearing you, make an appointment. Okay, now. But is that still a place where you put your phones off in the day and you just leave a voice note to say I want to speak about it? If... Yeah, th that's that's one of those loophole things. Agreement like that where we will send you a message if we think it's something big, and then you guys will reply to say either make an appointment or oh, it's actually not that big. Just yeah. Schedule. Especially we yeah. know that you prepare on yeah. Tuesday, so we know that most of the day is okay. Yeah. So that would still be valid. Send a short message to say this is what's happening. And I, then it's our discernment to go like, I need to talk to you straight away because it's urgent. Because sometimes and life then is obviously, urgent. obviously, I mean, realistically, if there's really a disaster happening, then like, because that, it happens, not often, but it does happen. If there's a real crisis or emergency, then obviously call. Like, <laughs> then call. So this isn't to go like, no calls, even yeah, if no. your house is burning down, we don't want to hear about it, you just repent. <laughs> like it's not one of those. <laughs> okay, so obviously there is. We still in fellowship. We still love each other. So please, these are these are just for everybody to take responsibility and to act responsibly and so on. Okay, we understand that. We I like to hear from you guys. I like it when people send me regular messages to say. Uh, we spoke about this thing, I've implemented this, I'm doing better. Things are going better. Th those kind of messages I like, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's fine. And everybody doesn't operate that way, okay? I can phone Shalinga, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. See you Sunday. And that's it. And I'm happy with that. Because I know if she wasn't doing good, then she could tell me. The opportunity was there to go like, no, I'm not. And then I'll go, great, we'll chat. Other people need a bit more interaction. We're all different. Okay? Yeah. Somebody asked me, are you doing, I'm going to go like, if I said I'm doing well, then I'm probably doing well. So, Is that okay? So, 
that's fine. And sometimes I'll just find and go like, how are you doing? That's just connection so that we keep connected, and that's fine. So a quick message to go like, you know, just so you know, I'm still alive, that's fine, okay? <laughs> Elijah could consider just sending like one, I'm awake. And, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't have that problem. Never had. Um, never happens. <laughs> okay, so then also long, long messages. Okay, that's not the one. But so voice me- voice messages. I find them convenient, and I can be long-winded on a voice message. <laughs> I'm thorough. Um, <laughs> the problem is that sometimes I receive messages that's so thorough that we should have made an appointment for them. So also consider that when sending the message, a synopsis, and then we can decide: do we need to talk straight away? Do I need to move something? Reschedule something to get together? A quick message, but a long message, um, it's just going to be like an appointment again. Okay. Then what's the other for when someone... Okay, that's also important. So sometimes uh, there is a place where when we have to make big decisions, we, it's a wise sometimes to just check in. A lot of people, we live like that, check in with uh, myself, with leadership, go like, um, maybe I need to quickly just check with the Lord. I am prophetic uh, for those that haven't noticed. Uh, sometimes I get answers. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes people go like, you know, this has to happen. Have you got an answer? And I get nothing. Then I'll tell you, I, I'm getting nothing. I'm sorry. Because that would probably point to the fact that you have most of the information. A lot of times people ask me a question and they already have the answer in their hearts. And so that's why the Lord isn't giving me an answer. And sometimes the answer in the, that the person is, the decision they're going to make is the wrong one and then the Lord will answer me. And so that's the time when you go like, this is the decision, short message, um, any feedback or anything from your side. And then I can go like, you missed this important bit of information, reconsider or uh, you know, be careful. Uh, most of you have had that experience where just a second opinion, a different perspective does help. Okay? Now we want to... We want to encourage that behavior. Why? Because now, in the past, people that we in fellowship with will take a life-altering decision and then inform me two months later when it's too late. But the problem is then, if it goes south, I end up spending hours and hours of my life trying to help them rectify things or getting them out of the emo- emotional consequences of their decision, when they should have checked with me before they made the decision. Um, and so there's that balance where we're all living our own lives and we all remain accountable and responsible for our own lives, but we are a body and there is leadership put in place by God for a reason. And so, in biblically, people would go to the prophets for decisions um, and seek answers. Even kings did that. And so there's wisdom in it, and we want to encourage that. 
Sometimes it's just better. Look, even if it seems like a small thing, I don't mind people checking. I, I, I prefer that. Just quick, quick check. And then I can, I can ask the Lord about it. Okay, and so. you also can't take a phone for that. No. <laughs> no. No. And, and so that's very important. Answer, don't think he, if you don't answer, it's because you haven't heard anything. Not because he's not answered. Oh, I'm still, sometimes it takes me two days. Mm. And... Um, if I, sometimes I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm going like something is developing. Um, and, and very often people will receive a message two days later and go like, oh, this is what I've heard, this is what I've sensed. So big, big decisions, better to, to send a message with a little bit of information straight away. If I feel I need more information, then I'll contact you. I'll ask the questions and so forth. But a lot of times, like when you message me, I get an answer almost straight away and I just send you the answer and that's it. And, um, and sometimes it helps. Okay, so... Yeah. Especially things that could have great financial impact or life-altering decisions. Very important. Are you happy with that? Okay. So that, that's actually a very important point. Um, Look, mes- a quick message will come through and then I'll, I'll answer when I have time. Okay, I answered you at like 9 o'clock in the evening the other night. So I just didn't have time through the day. I didn't even look at the message because I didn't look at my phone. So um, so, so there's no, no real, I mean, the days are equally... Um, Unorganized. No, exactly. Um, okay. Protocol and principles in fellowship context. When two or more people are in the same room. Believers. Believers. When two or more believers, people in this fellowship are together somewhere, then you are in fellowship. Okay, it's very important to understand that that fellowship for us is not Sundays. Mm-hmm. It's just an opportunity for us to worship, to be disciple, to be taught. When two or more are together somewhere, that's fellowship, and it means that the etiquette, the procedures, the protocol uh, for fellowship governs our interactions. Uh, we are accountable. We're responsible, we're aware, we walk circumspectly. Um, all of the scripture then bears in on the situation. Now it extends obviously when you're interacting with other people, but our focus is within fellowship. Okay, and this protocol, and we're going to run through that just briefly. Yes? Maybe just make it just the, these are non-negotiable. Okay. So when we say non-negotiable, we we seriously saying that no, please, 
no exceptions. This is us keeping each other safe. Okay. Before we do that, let's quickly talk about that old saying. Churches love to say this is a safe place, or people say in groups this is a safe place for you. It's a safe place for you to cry, a safe place for you to practice, safe place for you to, you know, to get it right. Okay. Now we just wanted we, we we're talking about that safe place thing. We could have a misunderstanding about the safe place. I remember the very first soul group they gave me to lead ever. I was very excited. There were so many people that was going to come to my soul group. And um, it was all ladies. Way too many of them. <laughs> okay, but don't make this a female thing. No. It's true in general. <laughs> <laughs> it's true in general. But this particular night, so I'm a young guy, and I want to do this right. I'm so excited. We're going to do Bible study. We're going to do all of this. And we just started when the first lady burst out in tears. Because it's a safe space, right? And I want to make it a safe space, so we're going to facilitate. But then, obviously, the normal thing happens. Everybody goes in for the hug. And we're going to make you feel safe. And it's okay, let it all out. So she started, literally, at when she was two. Because they said, just tell us, let it all out. And she said, when I was two years old. Or when I was five, I can't remember. But the principle is, she was going to run through her entire life. And that's what happened. And when everybody else felt safe to take their turn. Okay, because that's what safe space meant for them in church context. Okay, so let's just redefine that. Let's understand each other. You've now learned that in providing a safe space, we're not just providing a safe space for the individual. What are we doing? Yes. We're providing a safe space for the body. The body. <laughs> and so it is a safe space for when we need to cry on someone's shoulder, yes. But we are also through our conduct and through the way that we are uh, behaving, always keeping the sanctity of the rest of the body. Okay. So the lady that decided this is a good time to tell her life story again, has probably done this at several other soul groups before. Okay? And so, it might have been a safe space for her. She created the most unsafe space for everybody else. Okay, so I didn't want to go to that soul group the next week. But it was at my house. Okay? So, it was unsafe territory. So, that's what we want to reiterate. Okay? Maybe just a perspective thing. I mean... If we just, because we've all had this experience, but I'm sure we could all um, understand the difference in in safe space in scenario A, coming to a meeting or fellowship or atmosphere uh, that's going to help you fixate on your issues or your problems or your pain versus scenario two where you come to an atmosphere where everything is set up in such a way that you can actually look away to and behold perfection and just for the time that you are together actually forget about everything that's wrong and be able to behold everything that's right and good and to behold the joy set before you. 
that would be a safer environment if we can all help each other focus on that which is eternally good and true, rather than have an atmosphere where we help each other focus on everything that's not yet perfect, if that makes sense. And a major factor in creating that safe space at all times is when we want to encourage everybody to never make it about them. We make it about the body, we make it about the Lord, we make it about the other person. So outward focusedness. focusedness. So if I'm going to speak, it's because I really have a question. I really want to learn. I'm speaking in the Spirit. That's why there's not so much prophesying happening anymore. Because we have now sifted the prophecy by the Spirit from the prophecy out of the flesh. And all of a sudden, there's much less prophecy, which you is You were the healthy. only one prophesying in this fellowship, can I just note? <laughs> so, but but we, have, we have seen how every, well, the fellowship can actually operate in, in the prophetic, but we don't fixate on it because it's yeah. not for us to get attention. Um, and so all of what we do is for us not to get attention on ourselves. We don't do it for that, to have our opinion, to show mm -hmm. how, how much we know. Okay, to deal with our little um, fetish issues in the fellowship. Deal with that by figuring it out, doing the study, checking scriptures. We don't do it here. So we keep everybody safe. So the picture, it's the picture making sense. It's still a safe space, but a safe space for everyone. Um, the, the danger there, and I want to reiterate the danger, that's why we don't do it like that, is when somebody that has not been released by God to minister to the body, feels free to give their opinion about interpretation, about doctrine, about what they think they know, that's going to get stuck in someone else's mind. They're going to maybe think that you know what you're talking about. And that's what happens at these soul groups, is they give everybody an opportunity to give their their idea or opinion about the subject, people go away. They have learned from uneducated, ignorant people. In, in this kind of environment, let's just make, this, make sure it's always safe as well. When we speak from the position where a person is, is still in discipleship, you haven't been released to, to expound. The correct way is to say, look, this is what I'm seeing. Am I seeing it correctly? This is what I, at the moment, understand. Um, according to this scripture, uh, am I understanding it correctly, whatever. But to go and, and speak as if you already know. And, and, and speak it out to the body as if it's fact. That's a transgression as far as I'm concerned. You don't have the right. Um, those that are released as teachers prophets, apostles, shepherds, and evangelists, they have their sphere to minister to the body. So always be careful. This is what it looks like. I see you. Such a wonderful opportunity. Say I land in ICU, but I still have just enough strength to at least get up and give the person next to me that are in a half a coma, at least give him an injection. I mean, that's the least I can do for the person, right? Okay, I'm there now. Okay, I can just um, 
My hand's a bit shaky, but I think I can manage. Okay, so ICU is supposed to be a safe space, right? I don't want the guy next to me deciding he's going to help me out and give me an injection, right? No, we don't. No, I don't. You also don't want the visitor <laughs> or maybe to come and Maybe assist the you. guy next door, those mom, yeah. that has also nursed him when he was a child, that she comes to visit and she decides, no, she'll just, I haven't had a bath for uh, the whole day, she'll just help me out and just wash me. Okay, so safe space, right? And um, I mean, uh, how would you feel if the guy next door says, "Can I borrow your <laughs> your drip, your IV for, for a moment. while, and I'm, then I'm I'll give it back? Go. I'll just give it back to you in ten minutes' time." Okay, so do we get it? Safe space. Okay, you go into most cell groups, not a safe space. Everybody's injecting everybody else. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's really, that's what's happening. And it seems to be okay with everyone. So here we, we want to agree. Let's everybody take responsibility to keep everybody else safe. We have the freedom to interact, to speak about things, to ask questions, to go like, well, this is what I'm seeing. I think, is this right? But it's with the humility that we do it. And then it's safe. Okay, and in this way, that's why we are willing to, if someone has a question, we bring it to the group. And then we're not going to answer it straight, first out. We're going to say, guys, what scriptures pertain to this? Uh, what, w what do we know that we can bring to the table? And we practice, but we practice in a safe environment. But if one person jumps up and goes like, I have the answer, and I'm quite convinced it's right, then it ruins the safe space. Do we get it? The next, the next thing is, why be on time? Why do we need to be on time for meetings? Uncomfortable little thing. Okay, I wish Handi was here. She would tell us exactly why. <laughs> In no uncertain terms. Okay, but just yeah. from the get-go, the being on time thing pertains primarily to Sundays. Yeah. Right, because Thursdays we understand some people are coming from town, coming from work, coming from meetings. Um, it has happened that some people, you know, they have meetings till late, and then have, they can only come halfway through, or have to leave early, or something. And that's fine. That's that's something different, especially since on Thursdays we don't officially start with prayer. So it's more yeah. an open discussion. So that's that's one thing. So that brings us to why Sundays being on time is so important. As far as it's within um, your control, try your best to do that. Why? Because we need a time where we officially start to host the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is the heart behind it. Do we really want Him to wait for us before He can start? Or do we want to start and then go like, oh, just hold on a minute. Okay, so we're meeting with the Holy Spirit. That's especially true on Sundays. That's why we don't start with prayer on the Thursday. Because we're going to get into the Word and so on, but we're allowing the, we, we allowing the Holy Spirit to minister through us to each other. But on Sundays, there's a, we enter into the holiness of God. It's a time of worship. And that's why we cannot be late. Because it, this, it takes everybody out, outside of worship. Just... Quick things. When we worship, 
the person, everybody in the room is focused on worshipping him, pouring their hearts and their love out on his feet, on his head, on his hands. We are worshipping him. Okay, so let's all be conscious of uh, our actions and behavior and how it would influence the person next to us. Okay, it's just a request. Uh, let's be conscious um, because of honoring him and because of the person actually entering in beyond our realm into the other realm, into his presence, and he's entering our realm. The two realms are merging and it's a great privilege and we want to keep the sanctity of it. It's fragile, we've seen how fragile it can be. Okay, so don't quickly talk to the person next to you. It's not in worship, it's very rare that the Holy Spirit will direct you to the Word or start talking to you about your things. In worship, it's better not to talk to Him about your things at that moment. In uh, immaturity, I've done it many times. It's a time to worship Him and now I come with my issue. Seems like the right time. It's only because I neglected my quiet time. That's why I'm doing it. So let's try and teach ourselves to let worship be worship time. It's for Him. And it's where we together collectively worship Him as well. So let's keep that for that purpose. Now that's just the guidelines then. Um, is, this, is this worth doing? Everybody just to remind ourselves. Okay. It's just because um, we have said it before, but maybe just to reiterate, worship is not for us. Worship is for Him. So, the purpose of worship is not so that we can connect with Him or so we can feel good or so that we... It's not even so that we can have the opportunity to worship Him. Worship is for Him, for His purposes, to bring Him glory, to, to bring Him praise and honor. So, it really, if I wasn't here to worship, it would make no difference. He still deserves to be worshipped. Understand? So, so just in that context, we also want to, within worship, um, cultivate that kind of attitude where, where we focus our attention on Him because He is worthy and deserving. And it's not so much about us individually or even collectively. It's about Him. Okay, and then um, I'm sure everybody gets the idea. Just a reminder. Okay, then... A very important to us, this is also a non-negotiable, no devices, no phones during a Sunday discipleship time. Bring your Bible, bring your notebook. Okay, there's a very simple reason for this. Too many times in the past I personally felt disappointed because somebody went on Facebook or quickly answered a WhatsApp message in the middle of prayer. This has happened. We don't think it could happen. It happens. Okay. In the middle of prayer. Okay, now this breaks my heart. This is just, and it will, it's not, so we just exclude the, so for me, when I see somebody fiddling with their phone and I'm unsure what's happening, it causes a disruption. Uh, this brings me to agreement. We maintain a silent, active agreement at all times. If we feel a disagreement about anything, an action, something someone else did, a disagreement regarding the teaching or the doctrine or the way the scripture was expounded, 
we have to bring the disagreement so that it can be discussed. Act, active disagreement is something we guard against. Because fellowship, all the silent disagreement keeps the unity, it keeps the agreement, keeps everybody safe. It's part of the safe space. Okay, when I'm busy doing my own thing, wanting it my way, I'm thinking, you know, I don't want this to be this way, I wanted to do it in another way, I wanted to discuss something else. This is just disagreement that contributes to a lot of problems. So we want to maintain agreement at all times. And devices in Bible, that's one of the ways we keep that going. Okay. So no devices, no, no phones taken out from the moment we start to the moment we finish, except for phones being used to record. Okay. Let's not check scriptures on phones. The reason we use Bible is because we're going to get to know our Bibles and use the Bible so we can check scriptures in the Bible. It's just too lazy to Google it. Okay. That's our perspective, but we insist on it. Okay, then. On, on note-taking, seems like it's something we don't need to discuss. Better to take notes so that you have notes to refer back to so that you can't remember what the answer was to the question. You can go back to your notes. Okay, or you can ask Anna if she would sell her notes to you at a price. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, it's just a reminder. It's better to try and take notes. At least take a note on what was the teaching about on that Sunday. Even if you only have three little notes, you still have a, a, a way to refer back to on that date, this was the sermon. These were the broadline things discussed. There were five things that I thought was important. So if I want to go back and search for something, I know where to go. That's all I want to say on that. Um, agreement can be active and passive. So we like well, when we're teaching active agreement. Okay, when it's not disruptive. So nodding, agreeing, going, wow, I agree with that. Oh, wow, that's good. Okay, but I've seen, I've, we don't have that problem here where there was one lady that said amen to every second word. That's disruptive. So we want to be active. So don't feel like you have to be quiet. We, we, we do enjoy the interaction. Okay, right. Uh, after services and meetings, and this I want to do in two minutes because we're still going to quickly talk about the Roman Greek mindset. Um, after services, this is the priorities. Firstly, if there is visitors, they take priority. Okay, a person comes in, the Holy Spirit could minister to them if it's their first time, second time, third time. Anybody that is new to the fellowship or they're the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, the Holy Spirit could break things open. And if they are ministered to by the Holy Spirit and they need prayer or ministry, they take precedence at all times. Okay, even, everybody remember that. Even if there was an appointment okay. that someone else made. So agreement, if someone made an appointment,
be looking at. Okay, we've got to understand we live in a world where there's a, re- a Greco-Roman mindset and there's the minority Hebraic mindset. Okay, and this pertains to everything we know. It's the way we've been taught, educated. It's the way we think. Okay, and if you're going to take the word virtue and go look at a dictionary, you're first going to encounter the Roman Greco dictionary. Always remember this. This is the first layer in several layers that you have to work through to get to the meaning, true meaning and the true definition of any concept, word or idea. So we never exclude the Roman Greco mindset. We incorporate it in our uh, process of study and understanding. But we never allow the Roman Greco mindset to be definitive. Because it will lead us astray. It goes to logic. This book okay, has a Hebrew background, origin. Now the Hebrew language and the Hebrew culture was given by the people to, by, to the people by God. It doesn't make any logical sense to read this... Um, this, this entire book with all the concepts and ideas that comes from a solidly God-given Hebraic background, it doesn't make sense to read it with a, Hebrew, uh, with a Roman Greco mindset. Okay? doesn't make sense. So we look at the word virtue. It is, you, do, you go to the dictionary, that's what you're going to get. Moral excellence. Now stop. If Peter says, add to your faith virtue, He couldn't possibly mean moral excellence. Why not? You see, the problem with with the Greek is it's abstract. Abstract. Hebrew is concrete. First thing, we've always got to remember, Hebraic, uh, uh, Greek mindset or thinking, abstract. Okay. Hebraic, always concrete. Okay. We'll explain some more. And we have done teachings on this. You can go and have a look at those teachings again. Now, the word moral is a neutral word, concept. Neutral. Believe it or not. Okay. When I say to you, well, um, Donald Trump Trump has morals. Is it true? He does. Did I say whether it was good or bad? No, it's neutral. So, therefore, the word moral is by nature neutral and it's a Greek concept. Okay? Greek concept. The Hebraic concept for moral is commandments. Not neutral. See the difference? Now, if the definition for virtue is moral excellence, then we cannot apply it anymore to God because now moral standards are going to be determined by the people. It's going to be determined by the culture the people are adhering to have developed. Moral standards. Moral standards doesn't come from God, it comes from people. Okay. Now they might have incorporated uh, God's input into how they formulated their cultural standard. Now, morally, 
Would it be considered by most people across the world today, in the world today, most nations and peoples, if you had to ask them, would it be considered morally correct to genocide an entire nation? No, there's no way you're going to get many answers that says it's morally correct. Yet, in the Bible, God commands the Israelites to completely wipe out the Canaanites. So, you cannot then have the definition for virtue as morally excellent. Because now, immediately you're sitting with what is the definition for moral? And what's the definition for excellence? Okay. It's abstract. All Greek thinking is abstract. We've got to always remember that. This is quite big because um, my, my Bible refers to, the, it's got word things, one of them comes up with virtue and refers goes back to the Strong's definition. And that's quite a, that's used like what our Christianity is, the meanings of words from, from all strong and, and it comes up exactly as moral excellency from, and it even mentioned from Greek, but... Yeah. We strongly that, advise... Ends, it doesn't... Yeah. We strongly advise in this ministry against um, study Bibles. Strongly advise against them. Because the purpose of a... It could be seem like a good way to quickly get to knowledge. The longer path to knowledge, the careful path to knowledge is much safer. That's why when it comes to the understanding the, the intent of the words used by the Bible uh, authors, we take the long road. We go, how does, it, firstly, we derive meaning not from the dictionary, but by the biblical context that it's used in. And you've got to remember that the difference between Hebraic and because uh, uh, Strong's is, is Greek Strong's. That's where it's going to. doesn't go further back than Latin origin. But most of these words has ancient roots. And we've got to understand that words will adapt and change the meaning of words. So you have something real, concrete, that is observable. This is what I'm going to explain to you. You have something concrete, something happening, something real. It can be observed, it can be experienced, it can be formulated. So we need to formulate a word, construct some idea to explain what is observed and experienced. That's how words originate. That's how words and, and terminology originate.
Virtue goes back to another meaning and this starts understanding of virtue now becomes important because in the Greek mindset it would just mean the power or the or the or the strength to maintain a value yeah 